and the brave new world begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Copybook Headings Podcast. If you're just joining us for the first time, this show is inspired by the poem by Rudyard Kipling called The Gods of the Copybook Headings. And every ta- every week, we take an uh, old saying or proverb or maxim, we break it down to see what we can learn from it. Uh, I am your host, Patrick Payne, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing awesome. Uh, excited to be back at it. After you know, we do these every week, but uh, I'm always I'm always looking forward to this this night when we get to sit down and chat about something, take yeah. my mind off all the other stuff. So I'm glad I'm glad we're doing it again. Uh, how's your week been? It's been good. It's been it's been quiet. You know, work's been a little slow, so kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am been doing nothing all week because I'm starting a new job on Monday, so I'm excited about that. So. Awesome. Um, just getting ready. Yeah. It's always kind of a fun, uh, fun little time in life when you're transitioning. So yeah, it should be fun. But yeah, we've, uh, um, so yeah, this week's proverb is one that I, I selected, uh, all's fair in love and war. I'm sure all of our listeners have probably heard that one. Yeah. It's, it's pretty well known. Yep. So, uh, I threw that one at you earlier. What did you think when I, what were your first thoughts when I, uh, gave that one to you? Well, I thought it, I thought it was pretty a pretty fruitful topic. We, you know, between between love and war, you know, there's a lot of, a lot to talk about. <laughs> so. Yeah. What else is there, right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, kind of right. Um, a lot of history involved. A lot of. I'm sure we both have some some personal anecdotes, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I looked up a little bit of the um, the history of this one. I don't know what you found on it, but uh, I found it's uh, 16th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were saying it came from uh, a poet by the name of John Lilly, uh, uh, and uh, his play—I forget the name of it—but uh, anyway, like 1578 or something. He said the rules of fair play do not apply in love and war, and that's that's the earliest recorded uh, that I could find. Did you find yeah, anything that, other? That, that's what I found too. Yep. Okay. And then cool. the uh, the actual formulation of all is fair in love and war was 1850. Another mm. English author, Francis Edward Smedley. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, relatively recent one then. I, I, you know, compared to some of the ones that we've done in the past, you know, from ancient Greece yeah, to Rome. Yeah. A lot of our ancient ones. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, a uh, little bit of a different wording, but kind of the same type of meaning. All's fair in love and war. Um, so, meaning this one, I think, seems pretty self explanatory that. Uh, in these two realms, how do you word it? That that uh, the rules of fair play are, are a little bit different. Um, yeah. And that can be for maybe a, a, several different reasons, which we can kind of dive into. But just, just the first going off of the what it means, I think that's kind of the, the what it's trying to get at, right? Yeah, I think so. And this it had me thinking about what we were talking about, I don't know, last week or the week before the sense of like, this is more of like a descriptive kind of uh, idea, right? Because I don't know that we would necessarily endorse 
this idea, but it's it's an observation about human behavior for sure. Yeah, mostly. Uh, although I do have some thoughts about that that I want to t- okay. touch on later. Because, yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah we, we've talked about before how there's kind of like two different mm-hmm. types of the, the the proverbs, the descriptive ones versus the, what would you call, proscriptive ones that are like, yeah. uh, uh, or, or prescriptive. Pre- prescriptive. Uh-huh. Prescriptive, yeah. Um, and so, but yes, you this one. endorse war crimes? Is that what you're going <laughs> to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, shoot, let's just jump into that right now. Yeah, sure. so so what it's trying to say is that uh because of these these uh in these two areas, the rules are different. So, why would the rules be different? I um I guess there's a lot of different um ways that you can think about that and and you may be right, it may be mostly just describing how the world is, not necessarily advising you on one certain way to act. Mm-hmm. But um also, it's the case, I think, that things can change when the stakes are higher. Yeah. And in these two areas, the stakes are the highest. So there are um, rules of the battlefield. There are, you know, war, war crimes. There are these sorts of things. But even just following the rules of war, the rules in war are different than the rules in peacetime. Very different, yeah. right? So if you, you know, if you see an enemy on the battlefield, you can shoot them. doesn't matter if their back is turned, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And that's not yeah. considered a war crime at all. Uh, get the drop on them. Compare that to someone in like a self-defense situation in, in a civilian world. That's, that's vastly different, right? So um, I don't know if all's fair, you know, it's like, maybe not literally, but it's certainly true. I think that um, there's completely different sets of uh, behavior that's okay. Yeah. I, I understand. I understand that. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that. And, and kind of, so there's two sides of it, right? There's the war side, which kind of, we kind of understand, you know, armed conflict anytime when there's a, a major, you know, some, so the, like I said, the stakes are high We're talking life and death, the defense of your country, the defense of your home or your, your, your people, uh, but then the other side is the love side. So, you know, that that can be the case as well, where it might not only be district, de- descriptive, but um, in a sense, like if you were to, you know, if you used a little bit of subterfuge mm-hmm. <laughs> to get this girl to go out with you that you really liked and she ended up becoming your wife and then yeah. you've been mar- happily married for 20 years would you look back and say, man, you know, I shouldn't have told that white lie. I shouldn't have like tricked her like that, you know, to get, you know, or would you be like, no, I don't care. <laughs> like things right. worked out perfectly. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. Um, and you know, also, you know, the rules for, for both war and, and for love change, you know, in a society from kind of generation to generation, I think, um, you know, when you think of, like combat, so so to speak of uh, speak of the war aspect, mm-hmm. you know, you look at historical stuff. Like think of the Napoleonic era, and I, you know, I I've been reading a lot of books uh, lately in that set in that era. It's just some, you know, like the Master and Commander books and the Sharps Rifles books, like, um, and the the kind of code of conduct among gentlemen, right? So your ship is captured. 
um, you know, it's, it's a brutal fight, but once it's over, you just like, you just give your word that you're not going to fight again. Right. Yeah. You can keep your weapons, but you're captured. And, and because of that word of honor, you're not going to try and escape. Um, and then you think of like going on to like world war two and some of like the movies, you know, think of, uh, was it the great escape? Is that the, (laughs) where they're kind of duty bound to try to escape captivity as, as POWs. And, um, and that is considered the gentlemanly behavior and, and just how that, how that changes. And then thinking in in respect to love. Um, I remember thinking in college when, you know, in, in the dating game, um, you'd hear people's like parents or grandparents talk about how, you know, the woman had like three marriage proposals, right? Like she was mm-hmm. dating like several guys at once, all kind of seriously. Yeah. Um, and then having to choose between the proposals where that was completely crazy to think of when, when I was dating and sure that, that a girl would do that, you know? <laughs> so just yeah. those, the standard conduct changes over the years. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, and, and if I was in that scenario where I was one of the possible male suitors for this woman that I was interested in, you know, how badly would I feel spreading some rumor about the other guy, you know, or something like that. Whereas <laughs> right. normally what I spread, spread a rumor, probably not, that'd be bad. But Hey, if it's, if it's, if the stakes are, you get the woman or you don't, you know, that that's, it's different. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I, I see it both ways. I see it descriptively and prescriptively. It can, it can say, yeah, this is kind of the way life is. So be ready for it. When you're dating, things can turn on a dime, you know, things yeah. can be unexpected, but then also it can be, you know, Hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, but uh, of course there's going to be limits to that, right? Yeah. Um, so we could talk a little bit about those as well. So obviously I don't think anyone was intending to justify any behavior in these realms. Like you did mention war crimes do exist. There's Mm -hmm. behavior that's, you know, just considered not acceptable depending on the time and the, and and the place, of course, you mentioned that those do change, but you know, we were currently in, you know, October of 2023 and uh, you know, we've got the Israel and Palestine, Palestine fighting again and Mm -hmm. um, plenty of stuff that's not really acceptable going on. I've seen, I've seen evidence on both sides of that, that conflict. Um, So yeah, that, that definitely happens. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's talk a a little lighter than that. Like when it comes to, uh, because this topic had me thinking about some experiences from my my college days, my dating days. Um, so you know, a couple. Um, one was, um, I guess, the in the all's fair aspect. You know, I I had dated a girl. We we you know we broke up, and then a while back, where I was kind of trying to trying to start things up again. And, uh, unknown to me, my roommate was also starting things up with this girl Okay. and did not, you know, disclose this to me. <laughs> and so like, you know, she and I would hang out and then, uh, and then he'd sneak and I'd walk her home, you know, and then he'd sneak off and go, you know, have his date with her. Right. 
And so it, it was a little, and there's, there's a rough spot there when that all came, came to yeah. light. It all worked out. Um, you know, but, uh, no, I have to ask something... you, is this, was this girl now your wife or is this someone else? No, it, it, well, they got married. I don't know if they're still, t- I don't know if they're still married, but it worked out for them. <laughs> all <laughs> so, right. Well, that's good. So in your, in your, in your example, like I, he probably, you know, was probably not thinking, Oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. Right. I shouldn't have. Oh yeah. Because it worked, yeah, it worked out for him. It worked out for him. So exactly. And who knows what he was saying about you when he was on his date with her? Who knows? Yeah. He could yeah, have been uh, poisoning the well. <laughs> but uh, but something that you know, some other roommates at, at a different time. Um, it was it was pretty fun. So for for the listeners um, at at BYU where I went, um, the it's it's a little different than other schools where you've got like you have an apartment building full of single men and an apartment building like across the parking lot full of single women. It's no, it's not co-ed housing. And then, you know, since it's a religious school, you all go to church together. And so, um, you're kind of all assigned to go to certain congregations. Uh, so the, the guy, and, and in these, you know, the, the whole point of these wards is to, uh, and these is to get people married. So that's why they right. have these single, these singles groups. Yeah. Um, so as part of that, you know, you have this ward directory that has a picture of everyone in the ward and uh, their phone number, you know, and the apartment they're in. So you can contact people easily for social reasons or, you know, church reasons. So we, there was, there was some, uh, some competition, uh, you know, for some of the, for some of the young ladies in among the guys. And so we all, a lot of us got together and we said, Hey, we're going to have this, this grand council and we're going to have basically a draft like a fantasy football kind of draft and uh so we cut up the word directory and we 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 picked (laughs) we took our picks right and so you had to have the you had to have the picture to be able to ask the girl out um and there were some rules about like there's amount of time if you weren't going to ask her like she went back into like into the free agency and someone could pick her up. <laughs> okay. Um, or you could trade or you could, you know, just ask <laughs> if you were interested in a girl. So we did this and, and it worked. So I had this, I had this one girl's card, cute girl. And my, my friend wanted to ask her out my roommate. And, and so we, we, according to our rules, we, we traded and he asked her out and, you know, now they're married with four kids. So, uh, but it, it, uh, cut out a lot of the acrimony in, in the, uh, uh, well, and when the girls found out about it, they hated it, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> but, uh, of course. but it worked pretty well for for the guys. Wow, that is a story, man. I've never heard. I've never heard that. I, uh, my wife and I met also in college. We were going to Arizona State, so I'm not a. I'm, I don't know the. I've heard nothing but stories from the BYU experience. Yeah. I've never experienced it. But, uh, <laughs> that's a good one, man. That's a good one. So, uh, did you, did you find your wife through this, uh, through this draft lottery or was it a different way? No, I found later, I met her later in a, in a class. So, um, I was, uh, I was actually teaching. So oh, here's okay. another, here's another rule, rule of love, I guess. Um, since she was my student, I felt it would be inappropriate to ask her out, uh, while she was my student. So once grades were submitted, then I asked her out. So. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know, man. I don't know how bad of a rule breaker that, uh, or how bad of a broken rule that would have been, but all yeah, is fair in love and war. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, uh, BYU wouldn't have been a huge deal. 
<laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, there, there seems like they're pretty in, uh, in, interested in getting people married. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, with my wife, it was, it was interesting back and forth as well. We were dating for a while. We broke up several times. Uh, I got her number and then didn't call her and that made her mad. And, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't cause I was like trying to be cool or something. I think I just forgot, you know, it was just like, uh-huh. I wasn't like super serious, like a super serious dating guy. I was just kind of like super casual about it. And then I got her number and I was like, Oh, cool. I'm gonna text her later. And then I just didn't do it. And then I got busy doing something else and you know, whatever. So, um, but yeah, I wish I had a good story about, about, uh, draft picks and, and free agency, but I, <laughs> I don't. Um, okay, so I have a question about this draft. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> you get the player that you want, the girl that you want, and then you yeah. ask her out and you strike out and she's not interested in you. Then would yeah. you use that as a bargaining chip to go trade or would you pass it to someone else or how would that work? Yeah, I think I, if, if I recall, like you had, you had a certain amount of time like to make your play. Okay. And... Um, if you didn't make your play, then th- then you had to give up the, your, your rights, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I think if you if you did strike out, um, I think the expectation was that you'd um, you'd, you'd pass uh, pass on to uh, to the next guy that that wanted to take a shot, you know. And okay. I don't, and I don't, I think we might have had some kind of plans for a future kind of a future draft to shuffle things around as needed. I don't know that we ever, ever came to that. Um, I think it mostly just kind of sorted out the immediate problems and then, um, and then there weren't problems after that, you know, just kind of put enough people on their paths that, that things were good. Was it, uh, were there people second in line that were like, you knew, Hey, if this doesn't work out, I'm, I'm next. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, and that's kind of how it was with the one, uh, with, with the girl who, who I had dibs on. And my friend definitely really wanted to ask her out. And, and so I, I, I let him go for it because he's, <laughs> he's one of my best friends. So it was fine with me, but. Uh, and this is the, these are the ones that got married. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you did your good deed, man. <laughs> yeah. <It's> good of you. <laughs> it worked out for everyone. Hey, I like it. But yeah, for sure. The, the social rules of dating are certainly different. Um, than a lot of other social rules, uh, things that, you know, uh, things that would be viewed as not okay in certain situations. I think when, when there's, when there's, well, I, I just keep coming back to the term stakes, like the stakes are high, like, right. Yeah. Because if you're trying to find a relationship, that's high stakes. If there's, if there's war going on, that's high stakes. I don't know. Um, I don't know. What's, what's your take on that? It might, is that really, is that the crux of why it is or, or what do you think? Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Same with, because you know, there's other aspects where, you know, if it's not, you know, high stakes, life or death, you might say, um, the rule, the rules change, or the 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 way people view the rules. So something like you know, stealing food if you're starving, that type of thing, right? You're right. As opposed to stealing when you aren't. So, yeah, one one people could excuse or at least understand, and the other one is just you know, scummy behavior. So, and it's just a matter of the circumstances. Yep. And, uh, like I mentioned before, I think there, um, there's certainly, this doesn't, I don't think this is meant literally. There are obviously, uh, behavior that, that goes, uh, you know, across the line. <laughs> I got a, 
uh, a fun anecdote about that one. Uh, I was dating, I had just served uh, my church mission, you know, mm-hmm. and I had just gotten back. This was like my first date back. And I didn't, I wasn't really interested in doing that. You know, I was just kind of just focused on yeah. other things. But this girl who was going to church with my mom or someone in their congregation, she gets my number and calls me up. And I'm, I don't know who this girl is. I, I know kind of her family, but I don't know her. And I go, she just says she wants to go. And she starts like calling me and texting me, pestering me until I, I'm like, okay, fine, we'll go do something. So I go with this girl and uh, she's asking me some questions. And I was like, oh, what do you do for a living? She's like, oh, I work at this bank. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I bank there. And she's like, oh, well, I'll look up your, I'll look up your account when I get back to work on Monday and see how much money you have. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, needless to say, I don't know if she did or not. Maybe she did yeah. and saw I was poor and just like never called me again. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was that was pretty bizarre. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, what? Let, let's see. What? Um, what do you think the the current like mainstream view of this is? Um, is is this? Is this the prevailing wisdom or is there something else that is, you know, the God of the marketplace that has replaced this? Oh yeah. That's a great question. No, I don't think this is the prevailing sentiment at all. I think there's like, um, I I saw a funny meme just going around the other day. It was like, do, do older people, married people look, look at like Gen Z dating and and feel like they got the last chopper out of Nam, you know, yeah. like, uh, and I thought that was pretty funny, but yeah, kind of, because I feel like the dating now, the rules are insane and they don't make any sense. Um, you'll see people shaming each other online, posting videos of, you know, so-and-so dared to come talk to me. It's like, yeah. well, how, how do you, how do you, how do you date it all? You can't talk to people. Like, I don't understand it. Even if they're being polite and like trying to, you know, obviously you can take things you've, we've all seen or heard of the guy that just is, being obnoxious and pestering some poor girl is clearly not interested, but like yeah. someone who approaches someone just says hi and wants to talk. And, and, you know, if she says not interested or blows him off, he walks away. Like what's the harm in that? Uh, but yeah, nowadays it seems like that's society's very against that. And I, I am not exactly sure what to make of that or, or where, where it comes from or why, but yeah, um, that's what comes to mind for me is they don't think all is fair. They think that er- everything is foul. It seems like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, you see that a lot with like the uh, age gap discussion mm. where a lot of people are like, if, if there's any kind of beyond like a year or two difference in ages between people, then it's some kind of nefarious thing, especially yeah. if the man is older. Yeah. That's um, taking advantage or something like that. So, yeah, I, I wonder, maybe it's just that a lot of people have their little particular rules um and not everyone has like all of the rules but the way it's presented through social media it 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 gets aggregated and it feels like you have every single rule that someone comes up with applies to everyone Mm -hmm. and so suddenly there's just no wiggle room you just you're just stuck and none of it makes sense yeah i think that's kind of dangerous too because i know if you have a certain way that you think a relationship has to go, it can mm-hmm. disqualify a lot of potentially good situations that didn't fit that. Like yeah. maybe it got off to a weird start, you know? Um, 
my wife and I dating and then breaking up several times and then get back together isn't like a Disney movie or maybe, right. I don't know, maybe, maybe they could make a movie out of it. <laughs> I don't know. But it's not, you know, if someone's like, well, if they, if, if we broke up once, then that's it. You know, that's yeah. not because, because that's not my, that's not my fairy tale view of how things go. Well, yeah. you know, we've been married for 14 years. So, I mean, I don't know, it seems to be working pretty good. So um, yeah, I think that's, it's tough to, to put some sort of restriction or, or some sort of template where it has to be this way. And like you said, just being bombarded with a whole bunch of other people's opinions on it should be this way or it should be that way is uh, maybe why we're having, you know, I, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I, I, I feel like young people are having a hard time dating and getting married nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely would not want to be in, in that game. Like you, like you said, at the, yeah. The, the you know kind of lucked out people who are already married um because yeah it's a rough it's a rough scene I yeah it is. for our, our young friends who are we're going through it right now i do i i do and um you know i, I try not to give too much advice because i don't know how what the situation is is like yeah. um but if i had to i would i would say maybe it's okay to to break some rules you know because if you try yeah. to tip to tiptoe through this minefield i don't know that you'll ever get anywhere with all the, yeah. all the rules people try to place on each other nowadays. If, I say, I say, just go for it and try it. And if people think you're, if you get a, if you get, you know, a viral TikTok made about you in a bad way, <laughs> so what? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and th- yeah, this is a good arena where, you know, back to like the theme of our podcast, like looking at the, the wisdom that has, has stood the test of time, like, look at try and figure out what some of the dating rules over, over the ages have been and the, the relationship rules and see, see what's held up and kind of help you know what to disregard in the current, the current day. Um, or at least what you can maybe you know, bend a bit and not, uh, not ruffle too many feathers. Yeah. And, uh, in, in the, in, in dating, you can, you can strike out a lot. You only need to, mm-hmm. You only need to get hit once, right? Uh, for yeah. it to work, and and so, um, yeah, I, I think being bold is okay. Being being uh, not being afraid to to ruffle some feathers, as you said, is a good thing. Um, do you think this saying applies to anywhere, any other aspects of life? It talks about love and war. Are there any other areas that are, you know, have? I, this just popped in my head, but do you, do you think there's anything else that this could apply to? Um, I think people, I think people apply it to something like business, mm-hmm. treating business like war, you mm-hmm. know, um, and and you know that that's kind of like the like the eighties was kind of like that idea of like the the cutthroat corporate, yeah, the um, Gordon Gecko kind of ex- exactly, yeah, and so you know it was popular for a while. I don't know if that's quite as popular now but that it has been kind of applied to that and you get like a lot of the you know martial wisdom applied to applied to business you know and um so like the art of war and stuff mm-hmm. so so i think that, i think that's one kind of natural place where it it has been applied i don't know whether that's good especially since really you know realistically not all is fair there's a lot more laws about <laughs> about how you conduct business than there is about international laws about war. Yeah. So, 
um, a lot more ways you can get your your hand your wrist slapped uh, in mm-hmm. business. Yeah, uh, I think what about you? Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right about that. That's kind of what I was thinking about too, is business, um, and people kind of taking it to taking it to that extreme, uh, like battle battle mindset, mm-hmm. which I don't know that I, I don't think that's appropriate. Whereas sometimes in real battle that might be appropriate. I was yeah. just uh, <clears throat> I was just reading online uh, a guy that I follow who's like a former special forces guy, and he's basically talking about you know what it takes to, to win a conflict. And some of the stuff he was writing was not pretty. I was like, Oh damn, yeah. they got to do that. You know, he's like, well, sometimes you do if you got to, if you want to win. And, uh, <clears throat> I talked to a guy, I didn't talk to him. I was <clears throat> online. Another guy who was talking about, he was a martial artist and he was giving advice on, but unlike a lot of martial artists online, this guy had actually been in a ton of fights cause he'd been like a bouncer and done security and all sorts of stuff. He'd, he'd been mm-hmm. in just an insane number of actual fist fights. And he was saying, if you want to win a fight, you know, the best advice I can give you is hit first. <laughs> so I was like, well, yeah. really? You know, it's like, well, that's not really the the rule that we're taught. But, you know, if, if it came down to really your, your physical safety or your family safety was in danger, you know, would you, would the rules be a little different? And I think the yeah. answer is probably yes. Yeah. That, that's, that is often taught like with, with, you know, with fighting, like, you know, life or death scenario to fight dirty, right? You're mm-hmm. not, you're not following the, the you know, whatever Queensbury rules of boxing or whatever, right? Like yep. you're, you're in a survival situation and you need to treat it as such, which is kind of a hard thing sometimes to wrap your head around if you haven't been in a situation like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, I, I think it's also important to remember that, uh, you know, there are there should be in all scenarios, including love and war, some barriers that you just don't cross. And, and that's going to depend a lot on your personal morality, your, or your, your ethics, faith, whatever. But, um, you know, we've, we've seen like in the current conflict we see going on right now, targeting of civilian populations and children and and stuff that I think most people just say, Hey, that should just be completely off limits. Um, and, and it's, it's, uh, you see these conflicts where, you know, especially in like asymmetric warfare where you have one powerful group and mm-hmm. some other smaller group that's kind of being, um, controlled or, or pushed around in some way. They feel like they're oppressed in, in some way and they, they want to strike out, but they can't fight them in a, in a head to head matchup. So then they kind of do these, you know, guerrilla tactics and this, that, and the other. Yeah. And so it, it can get kind of, it can get kind of messy pretty fast because now you're, you're like, okay, well you should be targeting military targets, but of course the military targets are hardened and they're not going to be easy yeah. to get to, but a civilian population could. So there's these acts of terrorism and you know, it, it gets, it gets pretty, pretty hairy. Yeah, absolutely. But I like what you said about, you know, you kind of need to have, have a line for yourself and what you think, you know, that, that takes some hard examination, like in, in the most extreme scenarios, like what, what's my line, you know, what, you know, what does my religion inform? What do, do my personal morals inform? Where I, you know, that's that's as far as I'll go. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, you know, you can you can risk becoming becoming the bad guy that you're trying to fight. You can risk becoming a slime ball. Um, and uh, if you if you take this advice too literally, so yeah. while I do think that there's a different set of rules. Um, in, in these high stakes areas, 
certain levels of morality well should always be should always be adhered to yeah absolutely all right well hey uh thanks for listening everybody uh we appreciate the the support and uh make sure to tune in next week we'll be dropping another one on you and we'll see you guys next time all right we'll see you bye there are only four things certain since social progress began that the dog returns to his vomit and the sow returns to her mind and the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook idiots, with terror and slaughter,